0: The Hearst family have been missionaries for how many years have you been in the field? Six and a half years, and uh, and I think I think just about the whole time that you've been there, we have been a supporting church, and uh, and glad of it. Always glad to get reports from the field. I made the mistake of saying to. Uh, Uh, To Christopher and Ivy just a few moments ago that uh, how long are you gonna be home before you have to go back to the Philippines that's just the opposite how many how how long do you have to be in America before you get to go back home and uh, and so I'm always glad for missionaries are great great things I hear about the Philippines and how God is working so I'm excited I've been excited for this meeting And uh, it's great to have Christopher and Ivy with. Ivy, would you stand so everybody can see you? Let's welcome her here. God bless you. And let's welcome missionary Christopher Hurst. Amen. Amen. Good
1: evening. It is truly a blessing to be here today. And first, I want to say thank you to Pastor Randall and to each and every one of you. It was eight years ago that we were here, uh, in 2011, and had the opportunity to share what what, uh, God was leading us to do, and 2013, we went to the field, we'll watch the video in just a few moments. Uh, When we were here, we actually did not know where God wanted us to be, in the Philippines. Uh, We knew he wanted us in the Philippines, but did not know where, and then in 2012, uh, we were introduced to another BIMI missionary, and he had actually started a work. We thought that we would spend one year working with him and, and then go start a new work. Uh, in 2012, after we met him, he actually left the field, and, and then there was a nine-month gap uh, before we went to the field. We ended up taking over Metroview Baptist Church in Antipolo. That's what you will hear about. Uh, but that nine-month time period uh, of no real leadership, there was a Filipino pastor that sent preacher boys, so he filled the pulpit. I praise the Lord for that, but that is very different than leadership. And so there were a number of issues and so forth uh, that I don't really talk about in the video, but a lot of things that we had to deal with, some challenges and so forth. But God is always faithful. Yeah. God is always faithful, and it is just a tremendous blessing to be back here eight years later and to see uh, what God is doing right here. And and I see a bunch of future preacher boys right here in the front. Uh, A blessing to see all all these uh, children and young people here in the congregation. Uh, The the next generation, uh, that that is just a great blessing to see. Let's go ahead and watch the video, and then we will open God's word. The mission field, wherever you go, is all about people, people that are lost, people that have no hope, people that are dying without Christ. In 2010, the Lord confirmed for me and for my wife that he wanted us in the Philippines to reach the Filipino people with the gospel. Filipinos are very religious and superstitious with over 90% not understanding the truth of the gospel. We are Christopher and Ivy Hurst, and in 2013, the Lord brought us and our two children, Caitlin and Andrew, to Antipolo City, the pilgrimage capital of the Philippines. Antipolo is located east of Manila, up in the hills, and has a population of over 1 million people. I immediately began leading Metroview Baptist Church, which had been started a few years earlier by another BIMI missionary. Over the past six years, there have been plenty of trials and challenges, but what a blessing to see our great God save souls and transform lives. Over the next few minutes, we want you to see a glimpse of what God is doing. Our desire is that you would catch our vision for the tremendous potential here in the Philippines and around the world. We are excited about what God has done, but truly look to the future and what he has yet to accomplish. In 2018, another BIMI missionary couple, Dr. Stan and Dr. Molly Prussia joined our team here in Antipolo. Their wisdom and skills have been a great asset. We continue praying for additional team members, including full-time missionaries, interns, teachers, and nationals. In addition to the Great Commission, a verse that we keep in front of our people is 2 Timothy 2.2, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same. Commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Our goal has always been to train nationals that they may lead and train others and to plant local New Testament Baptist churches. We train through our Thursday night discipleship program and our Bible Institute. Metroview Baptist Bible Institute began in June 2019 with 16 registered students. The Bible Institute is a three-year program that meets two evenings per week to train men and women for the ministry. The Institute has really changed the dynamics of the church with the level of involvement, attitude, and spiritual maturity. In 2016, we began Metro View Baptist Academy with four students in our K-4 program. We now have 21 students enrolled in K-4 through second grade. Parents have been amazed at the progress of their children in learning to read and write with the Abeka curriculum. For us, the greatest blessing has been seeing a number of the students trust Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, as well as seeing parents and family members saved and baptized. Please continue to pray for our academy and our application to add additional grade levels, including third grade through sixth grade. In 2016, the Lord also opened the door for us to minister to 4th, 5th, and 6th grade students at a local elementary school, teaching biblical character through values education to over 600 students. We have been able to openly share the gospel, give out New Testaments, and lead people to the Lord. We praise the Lord for this tremendous opportunity in reaching the younger generation with the truth of God's word. We have continued to pray about other opportunities to reach high school and college age students. The Lord has not yet opened the door for our local colleges but has recently provided opportunities at the largest high school in our province with almost 12,000 students. In September, we had the privilege of conducting chapel services on three different Thursdays with attendance being voluntary. The results were very positive with about 50 young people in attendance each week and a number of salvation decisions. Dr. Prussia with his science and engineering background has also been asked to speak to all the science faculty and to begin working with the science department. Please pray for these open doors and another high school that has indicated their desire to schedule us to help their students. We desire to reach the next generation to share the truth of God's word and the way of salvation. We are seeing more and more people saved and baptized Families concerned and focused about raising their children to know and serve the Lord. Several of our young people surrendering to the ministry and the mission field. Metroview Baptist Church currently supports 32 Filipino missionaries, and we look forward to increasing that number and even sending out our own to foreign lands. We are also targeting a few areas in the Philippines for future church plants. How can you be involved? First, please continue to pray with us and for us for our family and for the ministry and our people. The need is great, but our God is greater. The laborers are few, but our God can provide. Second, will you respond to God's call? Is your heart willing? God does not care about your ability. He cares about your availability. I believe the Lord desires many additional missionaries to be in the Philippines. Does that include you? Third, you can give to our ministry and others through your local church's missions program. I want to close by saying thank you to each and every partner. We are truly very thankful for each of you, and we know that we could not be on the field accomplishing God's work without the prayers and financial support of God's people. Praise the Lord for what he is doing in the Philippines uh, in and through our ministry but many others uh, I believe the Philippines is one of the greatest open doors to train individuals to send out as missionaries the Philippines and South Korea both are sending out more missionaries than the United States at this point and Filipinos have the opportunity to go into countries that you and I cannot enter Uh, So it it is a great blessing to see what God is doing in the Philippines But also how he is using Filipinos in the ministry as well Um, Filipinos are very open to the gospel that they they are most of them you hand them a Bible tract, They're willing to read it. They're willing to sit down and listen of course not everybody, but uh, many have open hearts that doesn't mean that they all trust Christ the first time you share but Uh, They are open, polite, and willing. That's very different than many here in America, Uh, the the response that you receive. But God is still saving souls here too, amen? Um, our, Our two children, some asked at the table when we were handing out, by the way, prayer cards, if you did not already receive one, we want to put an updated prayer card in your hand. Uh, looks a little bit different than the one from eight years ago as far as our children and all and I guess we look a little older too but anyway uh, please take a prayer card remember to pray for us both of our children are in Pensacola Florida Uh, Andrew is a senior in college business major marketing pray that he finishes well and graduates in May please pray for that Caitlin uh, graduated in 2018 and was married in December of 2018 and is now working there. Uh, So pray for our our children as well. Uh, Let's take God's word and open, if you would, to Ephesians chapter number 3. Ephesians chapter number 3. With me talking throughout the video, obviously we were not able to synchronize each and every picture with the words that I was saying, but we got as much of it as we could, but uh, I I hope that you were able to see a picture, a small picture of what God is doing uh, there in Antipolo, and and that really, even though it's on the other side of the world, it's a local church just like this one. We have Sunday school, we, we, we have different ministries, soul winning and all, just like churches here in America, and God is doing great and mighty things. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3, if you are able, I would ask that you stand for the reading of God's word this evening. Ephesians chapter number three, and I'm going to read verses 14 through verse 21. It says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Verse 20, would you read that with me? Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, I thank you for the scriptures. I thank you for the opportunity to freely gather, to open your word, to hear from you. I pray that tonight that we truly would hear from you, Lord that that you that I would be set aside and that you would speak to the hearts of the people here tonight. I pray that if there be even one individual in our midst tonight that does not know for sure that heaven will be their eternal home, I pray that today would be the day of salvation, that today they would realize the need that they have. But Lord, most of us here are your children, and you want us to learn from you. I pray that you would speak to our hearts tonight. Encourage us, challenge us, convict us. Help us to be surrendered servants unto you. Guide and direct in everything said and done that you will be honored and glorified in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You may be seated. This. These scriptures are probably scriptures that you're very familiar with, but but not scriptures, uh, I would think, that normally are are used as far as a missions focus. But tonight, uh, throughout the message, I want to share a little bit more uh, examples and so forth, uh, illustrations of individuals about what God is doing in the Philippines. But I want to speak to you tonight uh, from Ephesians chapter 3. About serving the God who is able. Serving the God who is able. And let me start with a question. Tonight, ask yourself this question. I, I, I think you immediately will know the answer, but uh, maybe you, you need to ask and ask God to search your heart. And the question is right now, are you in the center of God's will? In your life, are you in the center of God's will? Now, yes, at this very moment, God wants you in church. But in your life, your work, your studies, whatever your focus is, the path that you are following, are you in the center of God's will? Let me change the question. What God are you serving? Well, preacher, there's only one God. Yes, there is only one true God. But, where is your focus? Where is your priorities? And I must ask myself those questions repeatedly. Where where is my focus and my priorities? Uh, I look around this world, I look around America, I look around the Philippines, and I see thousands, if not millions, of different gods that people are serving. Uh, For some, they literally worship an image or object, and you saw that in the video. Uh, you saw at the beginning thousands uh, of individuals out w- with that cart in the middle that had a cross uh, uh, and so forth on it. And, and they gather together all these traditions and they bow down to images. And, and during Holy Week, they're individuals that allow themselves to be crucified uh, in the Philippines. Uh, during Holy Week, you saw pictures of Antipolo in the Catholic Cathedral there in our city. Uh, our city is known as the pilgrimage capital of the Philippines. On Thursday night of Holy Week, Monday Thursday, tens of thousands of individuals, starting in the evening hours through the early morning hours of Good Friday, walk from Manila up the streets to go to that Catholic cathedral and bow down and worship a statue of Mary. Uh, a statue of Mary that was brought over a couple hundred years ago uh, on a ship caught in a typhoon, almost destroyed, but it made it. And they give credit to that statue of Mary. Uh, They refer to her as our Lady of Peace and Good Voyage. Uh, Anytime someone buys a new car, they they bring it to Auntie Polo to have it blessed at the Catholic Church. And they come before they go on vacation to receive blessings uh, from Mary, literally uh, bowing down and worshiping an image, other saints and images that they have Uh, that they literally bow down and worship. Now, you're sitting here tonight, and you're saying, well, we don't do that here. And that may be true, but in this country, we have many many gods as well. There are those that worship their trophies, those that worship their gold medals, those that worship their Super Bowl ring or NBA championship, and I mention all of those because There are people here that look to them, that that look to them and admire them and want to be like them. But yet, after those championships, and many have even given testimony that they still feel empty. It it does not satisfy. Uh, But for those of us, normal, average people, we we don't have to worry about those, those rings and gold medals and so forth. But what about the position you're striving for at work? What about the bank account? Uh, popularity, you, you, especially young people, wanting to be popular in school and so forth. Power, uh, other parents worship even their children. And in our humanistic society today, the worship of self. What is it that is most important to us? What is most important to you? What is your priority? Whatever you are putting first in your life, that is your God. Whatever you are putting first in your life, that is your God. Let me go back to the original question. Are you in the center of God's will? I pray that the answer is yes. How amazing is your God? I serve an amazing God. Uh, I serve an absolutely amazing God, and why he saved me and why he's willing to use me, I have no idea, but I know that he is, and I know that he loves each and every one of us, and if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, he wants you to make that decision tonight. There is no question about that. Uh, I pray that nobody here is so distracted that they are truly serving the gods of this world, the God of wood, hay, stubble that'll be burnt up at the judgment seat of Christ. God, uh, I think of the children of Israel often. And sometimes we look at Old Testament characters and even New Testament, Peter and so forth, and we can be critical of some of those that we read about in God's word. But I think about the children of Israel and the miracle after miracle that God did right before their eyes, in their presence, and yet they always turned their back on Him. They always turned their back on Him, and they focused on self and on man-made images. And they did not worship God as they should. And we look, and we may get critical, but yet we must examine our own lives and our own hearts. And we can be just as guilty at times. So tonight, I want to very quickly look at seven thoughts Uh, From these verses, and first and foremost, uh, the the most general of the seven, number one, we serve a God that is able. We serve a God that is able. Do you believe that? He he is absolutely able. But we ask the question, God is able to do what? Uh, God is able to do anything that he desires. He's able to do anything but sin. Uh, God cannot tell a lie. God God cannot allow sin into heaven. But God is able to do anything. You and I, that's not true. There are many things that are impossible for you and for me. But Philippians 4.13 tells us that we can do all things through Christ, which strengthens us. It's not by our power, by our might, but it is by Him. It is only by Him enabling us and allowing us. Uh, Matthew 19 26 and also you can find the the same thing in in Luke chapter 1 with with men this is impossible but with God all things are possible with God all things are possible there is nothing outside the ability of God God is able uh, to do look at verse 20 we will go back and, and go through these scriptures but Our first point, we're going to look at at verse number 20, and I cannot do justice even to this uh, entire verse, but I want you to look at this. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Look at how these words build on top of one another. Now unto him that is able. We all admit that God is able, amen? Amen. God is able. God is able to do. God is able to do exceeding, far greater than we could possibly even imagine. Exceeding abundantly. Think of overflowing. Think of a, a hot fudge Sunday or something. A- and the hot fudge is just dripping over the sides. Anyone like ice cream? I love ice cream. But anyway... Um, exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. God has given man great imagination, great creativity and imagination. God has enabled us some more so than others. But yet, every one of us has the ability to imagine. Every one of us, I believe, has goals and desires and dreams. Do you understand and realize that God's desires for you are much greater and more abundant and more exceeding than anything you can imagine? God wants to accomplish more in you and through you than you can even dream of. God wants to do so much more. We serve a God that is able. Secondly, we serve a God that hears and answers prayer. I am so thankful that that, uh, I am not praying to some image, and that I don't have to pray to or through a person, but that I can pray directly, that that we are a royal priesthood, that we are able to go directly to uh, God the Father through our Savior. And, And look at verse 14. It says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The, the Apostle Paul, he believed that God was able to hear. Paul was a man of prayer. Paul spent much time in prayer. Every one of his epistles, uh, he talks about praying for the people in each and every local church. Praying for them, even those like Colossae that, that he had never met. He did not start that church, but yet uh, he was praying for them. And, and we need to remember to pray for one another, amen? We, we need to pray for one another. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I tell our people that at Metroview Baptist Church, we need to remember to lift up one another. Everyone here has their trials and their struggles, and I have no idea what they are, and your pastor may not even know what they are, but we can still lift up one another. David, the, the psalmist, Psalm 86, 7, in the day of my trouble I will call upon thee, because thou, for thou will answer me. David knew and believed that God would answer him. Jeremiah 33, 3, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. We have a God who wants to hear from us. We have a God that that is willing to answer our prayers. I don't know about you, but I do not spend enough time in prayer. I, I know that. I do not spend enough time in prayer. Do I spend time in prayer? Absolutely. I, I, I do. I, I get up each morning and spend time uh, in prayer and throughout the day. But yet, I know that I'm not spending enough time with my Lord. Uh, I know that, that, that I could do more. And the, the Apostle Paul, uh, this statement for this cause, I bow my knees. Do we have to be on our knees to pray? The answer is no, but our heart should be bowing humbly before the lord we should be humble before our god hey we live in the philippines and every time i go out on the road i am praying it it is a necessity uh you guys may think denver has traffic no denver has no traffic come to the philippines and you can sit in traffic um we love to go to the airport at three o'clock in the morning That's the best time to go to the airport. The the airport is only about 26 kilometers, 27, about 15 miles. And at 3 o'clock in the morning, it takes 35 minutes. It is wonderful. During the day, it can take two hours. It can take four hours. Depends on the time of day. The, The worst case, one time... Uh, we, we picked up an a, a, uh, American couple. They, they were missionaries to Japan, actually, and, and coming to the Philippines for a visit, and it took six hours to get to our home. Uh, traffic. Uh, the, the lines on the roads in Manila are for decoration only. Uh, <laughs> it may be a six-lane highway, but there's 12 lanes of traffic. Traffic and cutting off. And the motorcycles, they are like flies. They are just coming through everywhere. Uh, but but uh, come to the Philippines. You will learn to pray. Uh, now, I don't want to scare some of you now. Some of you want to come to the Philippines. Uh, and, and that is, a, actually, let me comment on that. Um, we love to have visitors. Uh, we truly do. And in the video, you saw a a young lady that also had white skin. Um, She is actually from Colorado, from the Castle Rock area. And um, she came over with a church group um, one summer. And then the next summer, she came back and spent two months with us uh, as an intern. And that was a great blessing. She had a great time. We enjoyed having her. She helped in all sorts of ministries, including our school. We are always praying for individuals. If you have an interest, talk to your pastor. Talk to your pastor about whether the Philippines or any other mission field. He would love to guide you and help you with that. Uh, But start with praying about it. Praying about it. Uh, we, We truly serve a God that hears and answers prayer. But let me ask you a question. Has your faith ever been too small? Has your faith ever been too small? A- and God has done so many amazing things. He, we have seen so much answered prayer, which ties into number three about saving souls. Uh, that has been a great part of it. But, but I think of Vacation Bible School. You saw a picture up there of our 2019 Vacation Bible School. That was just this past April. We had over 200 kids. Uh, back in 2017 was our first vacation Bible school, and that was just 40 40 kids uh, that we had. 2018, uh, I was praying that God would give us 100 children. He gave us 150. He he went above and beyond, and that's just a small example. Uh, Sometimes our faith is small, and God wants to do so much more. Uh, Are you willing to call out to him and and to call upon him and ask? You have not because you ask not. And truly, uh, we each need to be willing to expand our faith because we serve a God that hears and answers prayer. Prayer changes things. It it truly does. I mentioned before the video that we had a lot of struggles, and, and we did. Um, There was a nine-month period of no leadership. When we got there, there were some people that didn't want leadership. And they caused a lot of problems, tried to divide the church. Some threatened our lives and our children. And we we had to cry out to the Lord. And God took care of the problem. Uh, He always does. God will take care of the problem. Number three, we serve a God that is able to save souls. Do you believe that? I am so thankful that he saved mine. But we serve a God that is able to save souls. Verse 15, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. The whole family in heaven. There's no one in heaven that's not a saved individual, amen? There's no one in heaven that has not put their faith in the Lord. And it is only by faith in Jesus Christ that we can have a place in heaven. That our name is written in the Lamb's book of life by putting our faith and trust completely in the Lord Jesus Christ and the Lord Jesus Christ alone. I think of many individuals, but I'll just give you three three men. Three men, and I mentioned these men. We've had a lot of young ladies and young people and so forth saved, but these men, their families were in the church. Their wives and their children coming to church, but yet... Uh, the, these men, out of the three, one of them, when we arrived, uh, Bernadette, she and her kids were already coming when, when we arrived there in 2013. We, we visited her husband, Oliver, and he was one of the ones uh, that, that you saw uh, being baptized. Uh, we visited. He, he spent a number of years in the Middle East working. Uh, he was not a Muslim, but he had been greatly influenced by Islam. A- and He did not believe the New Testament. And we spent time trying to share the gospel with him and others as well. And we spent the last six years praying for Oliver. Praying. And this past April, young people, you can have an impact. I don't know if any young people here have unsafe parents. But this past April, Sean, the the son of Bernadette and Oliver, went to youth camp. And he was a good young man, but not living exactly like he should have been. And at youth camp, God really got a hold of his heart, and he made some changes in his life. His father saw that. And his father said, we're going to go to church as a family. And for about a month, they came as a family, and after that month, uh, I asked the question at the time of invitation about anyone not being sure that heaven will be their home, and he kind of stuck his hand up just like that. No one else could see it, but I could. And someone was able to take Oliver and share with him again. His heart was ready. His heart was ready, and he trusted Christ, and he has had his family in church every Sunday. And I praise the Lord for that. Uh, Ricky, another individual, the, the mother and son, coming, praying for Ricky for two years. And Mike, a devout Catholic, uh, a, a devout Catholic that that said, I, I I don't need anything else. So many, they say, I'm born a Catholic, I'll die a Catholic. A- and Mike, his wife and two boys coming to church, spent uh, a year or two praying for, for Mike. And Mike also got saved. Mike is in our Bible Institute. Uh, I praise God for how he, he is saving souls and changing lives. That's what God wants to do in and through each and every one of us. Yes, first he wants to save us, but he wants to transform us and he wants to use us to reach others. Fourthly, we serve a God that provides every need. Uh, look at verse 16. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Look at the first part of that verse. That he would grant you according to the riches of of his glory. How rich is God! He owns everything, right? It all belongs to him. Uh, he has all the riches, but the riches of his glory. His glory. His glory, his righteousness, his holiness. It, it, it's non-ending. It, it's infinite. It, he has no beginning, no end, and He is the God of holiness, the the God of glory. But but it says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. Can he provide your needs? He can provide every need that we have. There is no question. It tells us there in verse 16, but but again, that same thing is repeated in Philippians 4.19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Matthew chapter 6, verses 31 to 33, I'll I'll just say verse 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. But the two verses before that, talking about why do we worry, Uh, why do we wonder about whether we'll have food to eat, drink, clothing, and so forth. Anyone here ever guilty of worrying or, or doubting? or wondering, why, God, did you allow this to happen? Lord, I need you to work this out. God will provide our needs. It's not a question of can he. Uh, He will. We serve a God that is able to provide every need. But also, I will give a warning and say we need to be careful what we pray for. Uh, My wife likes Hallmark movies. Anyone here like Hallmark movies? Okay, my, my wife likes Hallmark movies, and uh, the other night, she, she was watching one, and it started uh, with, with a woman being the CEO of a company, and uh, being the center of attention, basically, and having this beautiful place to live, and so forth, and then her alarm clock went off, and she woke up from the dream. Um, But after that, she actually got a promotion at work, and she got this really uh, handsome-looking man as her boyfriend and had this corporate, uh, beautiful place to live. But she found out very quickly that that beautiful, big place to live was very lonely. She found out very quickly that although this guy looked like a a model, he was not for her and found out very quickly that having that top management position required every bit of her time and she lost all her friends. We need to be careful what we pray for. Uh, We need to be careful what we are chasing after. We need to be careful what we put before our eyes as our God. Are we focused on the one true God of heaven that truly is able? Uh, We serve a God that provides every need. Uh, Quickly, finishing up here. Number five, we serve a God that has victory in the battles. We serve a God that has victory in the battles. Look back at verse 16. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, look at the second part of the verse, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. You and I, we have no strength in and of ourselves. It is only from the Lord. And the, the Christian life is a spiritual battle. It, the, the flesh and the spirit warring in our soul and temptation and so forth, the trials of life before us. Uh, life is a, a spiritual battle. And it is only through the power of the Holy Spirit. Look at the end of that verse. With might by His Spirit in the inner man. Do you have the Spirit of God in you? Do you have Christ in you? Do you have the Holy Spirit? Did you put your faith and trust in Christ? If so, you've been indwelt with the Spirit. You have 100% of the Spirit, but does the Spirit have 100% of you? Does the Spirit have control of your life? Or or like all of us do at times, I know, Lord, but I want to do it anyway. Uh, It's... Is God really in control of your life? Ephesians chapter number 6. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. God gives us the ability to stand up against the devil. And many times, including myself, I fall short. I I fail because I turn my eyes from where they should be. I, I turn my focus and I allow that door to be opened just enough for Satan to get his foot in the door. And we need to be very careful. We serve a God that has victory in the battles, but we need to look to Him. We need to trust Him. When difficulties come, we can become fearful. But yet, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Uh, Even when we were being threatened, even when individuals were were trying to divide the church, literally going house to house with a petition trying to run us off. But yet, we serve a God that had the victory 2,000 years ago when he was nailed to the cross. Victory over the sin in your life and mine at that time. And uh, we need to make sure that we are looking to him Our God is greater than our past failures. Do you believe that? He is greater than our past failures. He is greater than our present struggles. He is greater than any future challenge that we will be faced with. We serve a God that has victory in the battles. Number six, we serve a God that is able to transform lives. A a God that is able to transform lives, verses 17 to 19, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. What amazing scripture. I don't have time to to break them down, but just look at the last part of 19. Be filled with all the fullness of God. We have 100% of the Holy Spirit. God wants to give us so much much that he wants to do in us and through us. He wants to transform us. I think of Romans 12 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world. We need to take that to heart. The world all around us is trying to conform each of us, but especially our children trying to get into the hearts and minds of our children, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God wants to transform us that he can use us for his honor and glory. And number seven, not last, Uh, It is last, but definitely not least. We serve a God that deserves all the glory. We serve a God that deserves all the glory. Look at verse 21. Unto him be glory. In the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end." We serve a God that is able. Every one of us has struggles, and I don't know what yours are. But I know that we serve a God that can handle your problems. We serve a God that wants to take you further than than you even understand right now. We serve a God that is able. Why do we doubt? Why are we not willing to trust Him? Uh, I pray that, that tonight that you are willing to surrender your heart if you have not already completely to being in the center of God's will. Let's into our our feet and bowed, eyes closed.